Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Pibus with True Cannabis. Hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, today is episode number 105, and we have one of our great friends, Daniel Bersano-Ross, the Director of Retail Operations over at Stone Depot. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? Doing great, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's our pleasure. Um, it's just been a slight oversight that we haven't had you on already because we should have had you on a long, long time ago. You've been such a great supporter of what Redemption does, what True Cannabis does, what Relief Solutions does, all of the the projects that we work on. And uh, we can't be more thankful for all your support. And so we apologize for not having you on sooner, but we are so grateful to have you on the show today. And uh, really, really looking forward to talking to you about about what you guys got got going on. So um, as always too, uh, it's turning into a frequent every week thing. Uh, We've got my uh, co-host today, Nate Darling on the show. Nate, how's it going, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm getting kind of comfy in this spot. It'd be hard to kick me off here soon. I know we're gonna have to find room for a fifth window somehow, somehow on this on this this screen here because I only see room for four. So maybe yours will go right in the middle. We'll see. I'll talk to the producer of the show and see if we can figure that out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you got it in over there. So you yeah, know it should we're, be pretty we're, easy. We're, we're pretty tight. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Good. Um, so yeah, Danielle, she's the uh, director of retail operations over at the Stone Depot. She's had a long history in the in the cannabis space. Um, she's been a huge advocate for for the small guy and for the people that bootstrap it and um, has pushed back against some of the, the bigger players that are trying to monopolize the industry. And we absolutely love her and her support for that. Uh, she works for some really great guys over at Stone Depot, Kyle and Greg. Um, you couldn't ask for better people in, the, in this industry and, and, and better stewards. And so um, with that little bit of an introduction, uh, Daniel, can you please just give us a rundown of your history and a little bit more thorough background on you uh, so the listeners can get an idea who you are. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, you guys. I feel like I'm Cinderella and I got invited to the ball. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, So really, um, before I got into the cannabis industry, I worked for a long time in retail management. um, And then I worked in uh, B2B sales and marketing in the automotive industry. Um, At that time, I worked for a gentleman that had um, business interest in medical cannabis. Um, So I was kind of like I had a foot in each industry and I started to uh, work primarily in the the cannabis industry and when I got that chance I bolted and and never really looked back it it was something that was uh, um, an opportunity that I jumped on and and that being said I actually grew up in a little town called Pinconning Michigan that has a long storied um, you know marijuana background so uh, I, you know, a lot of industry people have probably heard of a strain called um, Pink Hunting Paralyzer. I won't date myself, but I did smoke that long, long ago, and it was wonderful. Um, so that was really part of my life for a long, long time. So, you know, I, I pinched myself when I was able to get into this industry and to make a living at it. So, um, you know, my my 
uh, entry into the industry was a little bumpy for sure. You know, I think I got in and I, I definitely feel like I had some rose colored glasses on. Um, you know, I was just so excited to be in the industry and, and, and be part of it. And, you know, just like any industry, you know, there's people maybe that are here that maybe aren't in it for the right reasons or didn't have a reverence for this plant or a passion for um, the guests that are coming into, uh, you know, their dispensaries and things like that. So I learned that the hard way. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Because, you know, I think that, um, you know, everybody's going to have their run-ins with Brad's and Chad's and you kind of got to go through that a little bit. And, and the good news is, is that um, it was a learning curve that I'm really glad that I went on because um, I, I worked for some great companies along the way. And if you don't really have that ad adversity, I think, you know, you can't appreciate the good. And right now, you know, you touched on something really, really great, Kevin, is the company that I work for now and the, and the gentleman that I work with now, um, not only are great stewards of this industry, they've been around this industry a long time as caregivers prior, um, but they were mentors to me. Um, even before I worked with them now at Stone Depot, they were mentors to me, they were colleagues. And now they're uh, not only my, my bosses, but they're my family. So I feel really, grateful and humbled to do what I get to do every single day. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still pinching myself actually. So I'm really blessed to do this work and, and to work with all of you guys. And, and uh, I, I will never do anything different. I, I won't, I don't care if I'm trimming in at true cannabis or whatever I'm doing. I will, we've, I will always. We've got a spot for you, Danielle. Okay, good. I know <laughs> trimmers are hard to find. Um, so, you know, I will retire from this industry and I'm really proud and, and um, I was also really blessed early on to get connected with people um, that advocated early on when I was in the automotive industry and really had no sense of the advocacy that took place long before the MMFLA was in place and things like that and people out collecting signatures. So they really gave me a good education and an appreciation of what had to happen. So I get to do what I love every day. So it's something that I really am passionate about with my staff and I try to educate them and try to explain to them that there's so many people that did so many work. I like to say that I was smoking a joint on my couch when I worked in the uh, automotive industry and there was people out collecting signatures. So I get to do what I do every day. So um, I, I'm just very blessed and very humbled to be able to do this and do what I love and have a great time doing it every day. I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, Daniel, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw some names out there right now because I want to recognize them. And I agree with you a thousand percent. When I was in Colorado, uh, you know, Rick Thompson, Jamie Lowell, uh, Josie, uh, Ida Pearl Lee, all those people were going out and, and lobbying for us to have marijuana. And you're right. These big corporate companies have absolutely no idea uh, what went into that. And you know what? What's funny is that those people, those people uh, aren't really profiting from the industry. They did this out of the goodness of their heart for, for the right reasons and, and to push this thing forward 
And I can't be more thankful for those people. I've said it over and over and over. We stand on the shoulders of, that, of those that came before us. And those are the giant's shoulders that we stood on. And um, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been toting the load for a little while. I know, Danielle, you've done some of it. Nate's done some of it. And we need uh, the, the future generations to step up and continue to, to, to carry that load. Um, some of us are getting a little wore out. We've been doing it a while. I know Rick and Jamie, like I said, they've been doing it for damn near 30 years, these guys, right? And so... Um, they deserve a huge amount of recognition because none of us would be doing any of this stuff without them. So uh, I just did want to throw that out there real quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, and that is a great segue into a pro I, I got to give kudos to Nate on something. You know, we talked prior about an idea that he had for um, a hole that he really saw in the industry for the younger generation that they really didn't have a home, you know, to, to, you know, come to some of these mixers and you kind of feel like a little, like it's the Catalina wine mixer and you kind of feel like, you know, you, a little out of place and you know, there's a lot of Brad's and Chad's there. And if you don't know anybody, it can be awkward walking into those situations. And he had an incredible idea and to have an incredible idea is one thing, but to execute it is entirely another thing. And I really got to give you kudos, Nate, because you did that seamlessly. And, you know, the first event that you put on for the young people in the industry, you know, it's an opportunity for us to educate them about, you know, all the advocacy that went on. Because again, you know, we're, I'm 48 years old. I don't want to work till I'm dead. I want to do this for another 10 years and be done, you know, and, and I want to look at their excitement just like I had that excitement and maybe guide them a little bit in regards to some of the um, nuances of the Michigan cannabis industry and what to look out for. And, and um, maybe they don't have to go through some of the trials and tribulations that we all went through and learn the hard way. And maybe there's someone to guide them a little bit. Um, so I, I got to give it to you, Nate, for putting that together, because man, if I would have had that when I started, I would have been all over that. So kudos to you for that. And, um, you know, when when we went to that event, A, it was a wonderful event, but I have to tell you about the excitement that the staff members that I brought to that event after it, all three of them had never been to a cannabis mixer before. So I'm so happy that that was the first one that they were able to go to because they were just pumped, they were excited. And then we got to have some really quality conversations about that, about some really cool things that they didn't know about in regards to Michigan cannabis history. There's a lot of nuances to this that they just didn't know about. So um, kudos, Nate. You know, Danielle, I appreciate that so much, and I and I really appreciate you uh, coming out to the event and bringing your staff. The there definitely was a lot of planning that went into that, and I you know we'll give some shout outs to um, obviously Chef Dusty, uh, Mel, and Nancy over at Float Events or Float um, Events over there, and uh, the owners of the best damn social lounge over there. Could not have been possible without a lot of faith and trust from both of those, and I think it went over extremely well for everybody um overall it was absolutely a bit of a different kind of event overall you know it wasn't a big like you said the catalina wine mixer a lot of times you go to these events and it suits and clicks and it's who's owners and ceos and i'm just to me that that 
is so out of touch with what cannabis should be. Cannabis is sitting around a table, sharing a joint, talking about the real shit and kind of going through there and providing that opportunity for people that are in that 15 to $17 an hour job right now. You know, how do we get to the next step? How do we get to that promotion? How do I understand how to speak with other individuals in the industry? So when those shift supervisor jobs come out, when those assistant general manager jobs come out, how do I actually interview strategically? How do I write a cover letter, have a resume that makes sense for what we're trying to do? I'm looking for mentorship. You know, we're launching our, our mentorship program. I'm working on that this week as well. And just kind of providing that big brothers, big sisters approach to uh, the cannabis industry. I know I wouldn't have been able to get anywhere that I have you know, been able to get to um, unless I had you know, resources like I do now and uh, really understanding kind of how the game is played a little bit on some things. I call a lot of times I talk about invisible walls, right? You just think this stuff's going to happen. And then you realize, no, like there's steps that you have to take to get there. And the art of talking to decision makers is something that there's not really a college class on that. There's not really uh, a lot of things on that. You learn that by going to these events, shaking hands and saying, hey, how you doing? Um, so uh, at, you know, at this time, I also do want to give you a plug and a thank you for being our next dinner sponsor um, at the event as well. I couldn't be more excited uh, to have you in that environment. I know Chef Dusty is working on the menu, so we'll, we'll shoot that over to you soon. And that's always the that's always the fun part of the job is, you know, there'll be a there'll be a testing day where they have to go over there and test some meals and stuff. So it's always uh, a good, exciting, exciting time uh, over there. So very grateful to have you um, as uh, our next dinner sponsor. And, and I can't wait to see uh, the event come together. The numbers were great for a first time event. And I think everybody had a good time. It was kind of awesome to see everybody just like bring their full Puffco rigs and just load them up and start doing dabs in the, you know, in the lounge. And it was a, uh, it was a little wild and woolly. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. There's no other events like this. I mean, it's uh, Chris and Kyle did a great job with some education. They, uh, that was that was the the cold open to some of the hard truths about the cannabis industry and i think there were some people that some some learned some things that day that was kind of an unfiltered approach into what actually is happening and how things work so thank you so much i yeah. appreciate it my pleasure yeah it's crazy how much um this industry has evolved um you know when i first uh, did my applications for state licensing i think we paid a consultant like a ridiculous amount of money, thirty or $40,000, something ridiculous, right? And now to think that, um, you know, I could submit an application in probably a day if I needed to, you know, and, and put all the, the, the documents together. But when I was doing it the first time, I swear to God, I've, I've, I said it to multiple people, like I literally feel like I deserve a college degree. After putting that together, that was like my, my thesis yeah. for the end of my graduation, like review it, I did it, I made it through, right? Yeah. Um, but zero credit. But anyway, um, that kind of stuff is invaluable to these young kids and, and yeah. the, the people trying to come up into the industry, you know, and it's something that honestly, I've, I've taken for granted at this point, right? I, I don't feel like I'm anything special, but there is some knowledge that has been developed over, over time. And Danielle, you know, I agree with one of the things you said, and that is that um, you wouldn't be where you're at today without that adversity that you came through um, getting to this point and having some tribulations um, through different companies to finally land at um, at Stone Depot. <clears throat> and the reason that you appreciate it today and are so thankful today is because of what you went through. Had you not gone through that and you walked into this position, you'd be taking this yeah. position for granted again, you know, or not again, but you wouldn't be taking this position for granted like a lot of other people. So I think that that advice and people being able to hear 
um, what you've been through. Maybe we'll prevent them from having to go through that. And maybe we'll help them be more humble when they get into a position of, of uh, in the industry and, and, and make it a success. So um, I, I appreciate you giving us um, your story on that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, the current state of the market. Um, when I was down talking with you the other day, um, I did see a huge shipment of the turn and burn coming in from uh, Driven Grow. Um, why don't you talk to us about um, some of the new products that you're seeing on the market and uh, kind of talk to us about the overall market as it sits right now and what your thoughts are moving into coming up towards Croptober. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that I can probably speak for quite a few people that do you guys like feel this like energy building that I, I almost feel like there's going to be like a, a nuclear bomb that's going to go off. I don't know if it's just you guys feel it or I feel it or what, but there's going to be like scorched earth and the, it, there's going to be some that survive and a whole lot that don't. That's kind of my feeling. And I really feel that way. And I think that, you know, if you weren't operating lean from the get, man, you're going to have a real rough 2023 because there is so many stories and I know that you guys have heard them too about big companies merging, um, MSOs leaving quietly, but not so quietly. Um, you know, there is just a lot going on behind, behind the, uh, the curtain of Oz there. And I know that we've all heard it, you know, so if, if you're not lean from the get go, you know, th those inflated performa companies, um, are having a rough time right now. We all know that they are. So, um, you know, you can't get, um, you know, it's just like the grocery store, you know, you're going to have to have some loss leaders, you know, you're going to have to make sure that you're not um, gouging your guests at every single turn and every single item. You just can't do that. Um, so I think that there's really some great players in the industry that that was their model from the beginning. Um, and they just quietly have done their thing. They've worked on strategic partnerships with other great companies that maybe um, you know, had, uh, you know, great philosophies, Tom Beller, who, which, who isn't here today, but I've heard him say this so many times that, you know, people want to do business, um, with like-minded individuals that have that same philosophy. And that's, that's how we are. So, you know, we're going to band together, you know, we, we're not a big company, um, but we're solvent and, and we're, chugging along and we're just kind of staying in our lane and we're um you know we're not we're not scared you know we're, we're doing all right um if anything you know so i think slow and steady wins the race so i think there's gonna be um you know this this industry is not for the faint of heart and i think a lot of people got into this thinking it was going to be you know, akin to the dot-com boom or the cable boom of the 80s. It was easy money. It was this, it was that. Not really realizing that this is tough. You are just not selling a widget. Um, you, there is nuances to this that if you do not understand and if you do not have respect for your customer and your guest and take that into consideration into your marketing and all of those things, you are not going to stay afloat. And you don't even have to look at the Michigan industry, you know, look at Oregon, look at California. There's, there's other markets out there that we can look to, to see that. So um, I think that it's going to be, uh, again, you know, the strongest survive and man, it's, it's really getting crazy right now. And, you know, like 
the turn and burn is, is just an incredible, incredible product line. I mean, my gosh, we got that in last week and it is flying off the shelves. So um, it's just a great, you know, a Kano line product. Um, you know, again, um, vendors that came in with very glitzy packaging, um, over the top packaging, um, they're learning very quickly that it, it just, there's, you know, maybe there is a place for it, you know, maybe there is, but um, it doesn't sell in my store. It just doesn't, I can't put it out. I can't put a, a $14 wholesale gummy in my store, hundred milligram gummy. I can't, it doesn't make sense in my world. I just can't, you know, so people are learning that lesson. So I'm, I'm, uh, we just kind of stay in our lane and, and keep chugging along and slow and steady wins the race, but it's crazy. It's going to own only to get crazier, only to get crazier. You know, Danielle, I completely agree with everything there. And it's, it's interesting to see this. The interesting thing about the cannabis industry for me, kind of being in the marketing perspective of it is you can have all the facilities, you can have all the money, you can have all the fancy packaging, but like at the end of the day, you have to love what you are doing. You have to love the plant. You have to be passionate about the plant. And if you're doing everything right and still not getting the results that you want, you know, maybe, maybe that's some of the missing piece pieces there is, is truly being all in on this for the right reasons. I think you're seeing this with, you know, a lot of the big players, you know, closing down stores and going very lean and the mergers and stuff. You, you see that those people, they see this as purely a business opportunity and like a manufacturing plant, right? We're, we're, we're making parts and we just, you know, pop this out and people will buy it. Right. I, I think we're getting to the point with the industry, and this is more from a marketing perspective where and I've said this for a long time now, if the only two factors with your brand or with your product are THC percentage and price, the only people winning that conversation or winning in that competition is the Walmarts of the industry. You don't have that third factor that when someone's coming in there and I'm sure you're getting accosted by sales, you know, account managers every single day, I'm sure. And at the end of the day, just having fire weed, you know, fire cannabis isn't enough. You have to have that third factor. You know, you see, you know, other brands out there. Um, like I know we just had Taylor from Valorcraft on their third factor is the work they do uh, with veterans and being a veteran owned business, you know, real leaf, uh, their third factor is they're, you know, huge advocates uh, for cannabis activism and supporting the industry and being active members in Kalkaska uh, and leading by example. And, you know, not to be completely self-serving, but Redemption has its own third factors as well. My question for you is uh, those brands that are coming in with the fancy packaging, but kind of have no soul to them, what would you say to them if they were going to change and going to improve their strategy? How, if you were going to give them feedback, what would you give? Uh, you know, I feel like it kind of falls on deaf ears. You know, I, I really do. I, I've sat in, in uh, the C-suite with those companies <laughs> and I've, I've tried to, you know, give my input and, and I've sat at those tables and it just falls on deaf ears, you know? So I think that sometimes, um, you know, it, it's it's frustrating you know I, I really i feel that i've had that frustration um within my own career or um you, you just you just from someone that has used cannabis 
You know, I, I've used cannabis since I was 14 years old. So I've actually sat in, in a meeting before that um, they were actively ripping on their guests and, and being very disrespectful and not thinking about it from a medicinal standpoint or um, that was the point that I knew that I was leaving the company, by the way, and I was, it was awful. So, you know, I don't know if you can unwind that, you know, and I don't know if I care to, you know what I'm saying? Let them spin out. I don't care. <laughs> You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, that's a really harsh thing to say, but I'm going to say it, you know, because I think if people are in this for the wrong reasons and, um, you know, they're doing these things just for their bottom line and their margins and things like that. And they don't have, like you said, reverence for this plant, you know, just because, you know, once the, the MRTMA came into place and obviously there's this huge, you know, um, you know, dip from medical sales to, to recreational sales. It doesn't mean that that recreational person isn't coming in and using that product medicinally. So, you know, we still have to have um, respect for that person and respect for while why they're using this. It could be a my rate of reasons. So um, if they don't have that respect out of the gate and that's not built into their mission statement, um, you know, like let them let them burn out. I don't care. I don't. I really that's, don't. Uh, yeah. I that's that's uh, you're taking the Thunderdome approach. You know, two go in, one come out, right? And so I think that's very few, yeah. very very rarely. Uh, I often I talk to people. So I'm like very rarely. Maybe the dot com was the last time we saw this, but this is the wild west industry. Like anything kind of goes, the, the, those that will make it will make it. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see this kind of competition of ideas, competition of marketing, competition of packaging, all while trying to be as lean as possible and finding that balancing act. So I, I, I appreciate your perspective on that. And I think we're seeing it happen as we speak. For sure. For sure. It's, and, and again, and I, and I, you know, obviously with the caregivers, like, you know, that's such a huge hot button industry or hot button issue within our industry. And, you know, let's go back to, um, you know, the early days of the MMFLA and who propped up this industry when there wasn't enough licenses issued. You know, we need to, you know, have a, a you know long memory and remember that and so many of these bigger companies that are battling against the caregivers shame on them that's awful that's awful so um you know we don't touch that with a 10-foot pole and uh we we will fight for the caregiver um you know model to stay in place as long as possible um it's just it's just the right thing to do so you know, Danielle, the, the reason that they don't respect the caregivers is because they didn't take advantage of the caregivers during the, the time in which caregivers were allowed to bring product into the system. What they did is they went out of state and sourced their product, then used yep. a caregiver to bring their shitty product into the system. Right. Yep. And, and, you know, and that and that's that's the problem. Right. Um, you know, in every other state, these big corporate scumbags have come into the industry and they've bullied the industry into doing what they've wanted to have happen. Right. Which is monopolize an industry get all the assets and then sell them to a big company so that they can walk away and go sit on a beach somewhere, right? Well, that's not Absolutely. gonna happen here in Michigan. Let me tell you, the history here in Michigan runs so deep 
with cannabis. It runs deep with, with union representation and, and blue collar hard work. Nobody in this state is gonna come along and support white collar pieces of trash that wanna come in here and monopolize another industry when they've monopolized every single industry across this country. This state is the wrong state. Find somewhere else, okay? I don't feel bad for one second when these guys have problems um, you know, they come in and like you said, being lean, right? I'm lean and I still, my costs are still high, right? But I don't have all that overhead. These guys come in, their cost might be only $400 to produce that pound, but then they got $500 in overhead because they got fancy offices and $3,000 desks and, and yeah. you know, receptionists and purchasing specialists and, uh, you know, inventory specialists, all these different titles, right? And then they can't afford to, 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 to survive at the margins that they set, right? So their little game yep. plan was to come in here, bottom out the market, and then they were gonna swoop in and take everything. Well, guess what? The market didn't follow your, your lead, and now you're forced to close stores, and you're forced to figure out another strategy because that shit didn't work, and it's not gonna work yep. here. So um, it's people like you, Daniel, though, that I, I see it more and more. We go into these shops, and I talk to people. Somebody said to me the other day, hey, uh, I was dropping off samples. They're like, we love it. Everything looks good. Who do you test with? And I said, oh, I tested with this company. And they're like, oh, good, you don't test with Virtus. And I said, no, I don't. And they're like, good, because we don't buy anything from Virtus, right? That wasn't me leading the, the, that wasn't me leading the conversation. This was an independent purchaser that was flat out telling me we don't buy from anybody that uses Virtus, right? So as the, as the market starts to trend in, the, in what I consider the right direction, these guys are gonna have more and more problems. And uh, like I said, I can't be more thankful for you, Danielle, for, for being one of those people that have stood up against these guys. You know, Kevin, just yeah. as a, uh, oh, sorry. just as a, as a quick aside, I think both Kevin and Danielle made really great points that, and we've all said, you know, I know I've, I've heard these, that a lot of times the individuals at the C-suite level kind of look at the patients as, as like second-class citizens. And, and, and I've, and I've, I've, yes. seen, I've seen that as well. Oh, these, these silly stoners, these, these silly, yeah. you know, potheads, they'll, they're just, you know, addicted to weed. They'll come buy our shit. They're not buying your shit anymore, guys. They're not buying your product. No. And you sat there, you thought they were stupid. You insulted them. You don't even use cannabis and you're trying to make decisions, you know, based on this. And what's hilarious and exactly as you said, Kevin, I could not have said it better. You know, Michigan will not stand for this. Michigan demands a better product. And I, I think it's it's really interesting to see kind of the equilibrium, kind of the supply and demand of, I guess, caring about this plan. It's happening right now in front of us, you know? And I think, I can't remember if it was, if it was Jamie Lowell or Rick Thompson that said it, but, um, you know, all cannabis users are medical patients, right? And I thought that was a really important statement. Doesn't matter if you're using it recreationally, doesn't matter if you're using it for an illness, okay? It makes you feel good. You're not addicted to opioids and you're not destroying your liver with alcohol. Congrats, you're a medical patient and you should be seen exactly. like that. So I just, just wanted to comment that I agree with both of you heavily on that. Yeah, and in regards to the Veritas thing, um, that's such a sinking ship. You know, like who is <laughs> who is testing with them anymore? I mean, if you really get into that, start peeling back the layers of that onion, it's more than just inflated THC numbers. It's really about 
what company or what what moral standard your company wants to to take because that is a that's an ugly story when you really really dive into that um and and um you know i even just had uh just recently i i heard some things that i didn't know and it it, it, it was shocking and appalling um you know and again i won't get into all that here but it, it's just crazy to me so you know there's wonderful labs out there that do you know so kevin you hold a license you know tom holds a license we hold licenses we jump through those hoops when it comes to compliance and i'm sure that every time that you do um you know an inspection or anything like that you know you work really hard to make sure that you're you know doing the right thing and every single day you do the right thing and um to protect your licenses to protect your investment so and so many people in the industry are doing that so when you hear of somebody not doing that and and it's just always the hand slap you know it pisses you off on two levels number one you're disrespecting all the people that are doing the right thing and it's and it sucks because it's like at what point is it more than a hand slap you know is that at what point is it really um are they not a, a allowed to play anymore should they just take their ball and go home you know so i wonder you know at what point are we going to get to that to that space because again there's so many labs that do that do great work and and are very um, show their integrity all the time. And, and in regards to the people that are still using Veritas, you know, cult cultivations facilities, you know, is that couple points of THC percentage making or breaking you? I don't think so. I think you're still sitting on your pounds that nobody wants. You know, well, I, I really think that. I think that it's, it's not helping you that much. It really isn't, you know, and, and then to have that stigma that you're testing with them still and all of those things, I think it's, um, I think it's just a, a thing that why would you want to associate yourself with them if you didn't need to, and you don't need to. Well, and it's just time and time again, it's almost insulting to the patients, you know, oh, these people are too stupid. They'll just buy this based on THC percentage. They, they don't, they they don't care. They're just trying to get high. Like, no, they care. They care about the product and the fact that yeah. you're just trying to juice up your THC numbers doesn't like make a better brand, have an identity, no. do good things for good people and help others. Those are things that we're seeing really have an impact on the industry. And if you are just dying on a hill that you have to have higher THC numbers to move your product, that's a you problem that you need to probably look internally on and make some decisions. But you know, I, I digress. Yeah, Daniel, you're 100% right too. You know, when I am doing all this red tape bullshit that wastes a ton of my time, um, I do get angry, right? Um, it, it reminds me a lot of gun laws, and I'm not going to sit here and debate politics, but gun laws are, are aimed to stop criminals. But what really do, gun laws do is they restrict good people's right to have a weapon, right? And so, you know, a criminal doesn't give a shit if there's, if there's a gun law, right? They're, they're, they're going to get their gun and they're going to do it either way, right? So it's the same here, right? I'm over here respecting the industry, respecting the fact that um, I got raided. I've I've had guns put to my head. I've been uh, I've had PTSD. D. I'm I've been fearful of going to prison, right? And so all that's in my head when I comply to all the rules and do everything the right way and waste every minute of my day trying to comply with these rules, right? Which are super expensive for me to do in in relative to my to my business, right? While these other people completely ignore the laws, completely ignore the rules, and then when they get caught doing something, they got a thousand dollar fine 
or a $10,000 fine. And it reminds me of that real estate developer who goes and builds a hotel right in a swamp, doesn't get any permission, doesn't talk to the DNR, and he goes, so what? What are they gonna do, fine me? Yeah, right, because you just built a $50 million hotel. What are they gonna do, fine you $100,000? It's not gonna mean anything in the big scheme of thing. And that's what these guys are doing. They're taking the corporate approach, they're coming in and doing whatever they want, and then when there is an issue, like the Beardus issue, they just get their backers, they get all their police friends, they get all their lawyers together, and they just full force go at the CRA. And what does the CRA do? They back down. They back down and allow them to continue to do this. They continue to allow them to bring shitty moldy weed into the system. They continue to allow them to test high THC stuff. And in my opinion, when we, when we lobbied for this in the very beginning, we lobbied for a regulatory body that would oversee this industry, clean it up and give us some comfort and know that we have oversight. And what it's become is just another hurdle and another pain in the butt and another expense. Uh, and it's not, in my opinion, working in the fashion that it should. And um, in my opinion, it needs a lot of change. And, um, you know, we'll just see if that happens. You know, uh, maybe some of these big corporate companies going out of business and they don't have their lobbying dollars going to Lansing anymore, we'll start to see the smaller players start to get acknowledged a little bit more and maybe see the rules and the regulatory body start to taper things to accommodate us instead of work against us. And, and that's my hope, you know, moving forward. Mine too, Kevin. I agree a thousand percent. I really do. I, I think that um, it has to be. I think that there was a bit of a shift. I think in the beginning, uh, you know, Stone Depot Jackson is the sixth uh, provisioning that I opened. And it seemed like in the beginning that the, the MRA at the time, that at that time it was the MRA, they were a little bit more... Um, you know, they, they, there was a phrase that they would use and it was to educate you into compliance. They were definitely more um, there to help you, to guide you. Um, there's definitely been a shift a little bit away from that. And it's more of just like, no, um, it's hard. You know, I know with COVID, you know, we had to take that into consideration, but, um, you know, it's hard to get a hold of people. You know, there's not that sense of guidance coming from that entity anymore. So, um, you know, I, I think that there has to be a sense of them. They work for us. You know, you pay that license fee for them to work for you, you know? So there has to be a sense of that. And, and, you know, instead of like always, you know, this, this butting of heads, I wish we could get to a point where we're working together again. I think that there was a little bit more of a sense of that in the beginning. Um, so I, I hope we get to that. I really do. Cause I think there has been, um, you know, I know that this is, we're a young industry, you know, in Michigan, we're, we're young relatively, and there's going to be a lot of changes. There's obviously going to be missteps by them and us and everybody else, but um, hopefully we can, we can start to grow together in a positive way. I really do hope that because we have a chance to be an industry leader on a national uh, level here. So, you know, we got to get our shit together. Yeah, I totally agree. So Danielle, uh, last question I have for you is what advice would you give uh, to a young female bud tender in the industry right now that is trying to make this her lifelong career? What, what advice would you give her? Um, I would give this to male or female. Um, I, I think the, the advice is, is uh, for both. And I think it is um, to have a sense of, I, I think we touched on this at the beginning, is have a sense of history. The Michigan, uh, the Michigan cannabis industry history. I think that's really important. I think to come with a sense of humility. Um, I think that <laughs> this is something that I always say to, um, you know, my staff, I'm never going to ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. 
I will scrub the toilet. I will mop the floor. I will go bud tend if that's what I need to do in that moment. Um, so just know that maybe the people that you see in management or the people that you, you see um, in the, the positions that you want to be in, whether it's a buying agent or inventory management or whatever, um, just know that the, those people probably were you maybe a few years back. So, um, and they did the work, you know, they worked the weekends and they worked the holidays and they worked the nights and they worked the shitty shifts and all of those things. So, you know, you, you really do have to put in the work here to get here. Um, so, and that's in any industry, you know, that that's a, a blanket statement, but uh, this, this industry is no different. So I think it comes with a sense of humility, I think is, is um, and another thing that's really important is, is um, just, and this is really basic, but, you know, uh, do what you say you're going to do. Show up for work. If you're going to do a project, complete that project. Um, you know, if you're going to, those type of things, if you're going to cover a shift for somebody, cover it. You know, those type of things, be a person of your word. I think that those are just some very basic things, but that's what I would say. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I can't agree more with you, Daniel. And I think that, um, you know, one piece of advice that I could give to people as well is that I think you just need to temper your expectations, right? Um, like you said, the people that are in the positions you want to be in have been grinding for a while now, right? They earned that position. It wasn't just given to them. Um, I know people read in the paper that, you know, uh, the, the marijuana industry took in $300 million in, in, in profit last month, whatever, you know, they read and it's, it, it's just a number, right? Um, not every one of these businesses is super profitable. So you can't expect to come in and make a hundred million dollars uh, yourself as a new, new employee yeah. or that you're going to make your way up to that job. It's going to take a lot of hard work and dedication, just like any other industry. Um, this is yeah. starting to evolve to the point where, um, unless you, uh, you've, you've put in the work, you're not going to get rewarded. So, um, For I think sure. that's really great advice, Daniel. And at the end of the day, you know what? It's just cannabis. Like, let's have some fun doing it. You know, I mean, you surround yourself with some people that you enjoy because it is long hours. It is hard work at, at the end of the day. So if you can't look to your left and right and like the people there and, and have some fun and smile, um, you know, get to a different spot you know there's there's other great companies out there and you know if, if you you bring great ideas to the table and they're not leaning in and listening get up from that table and go to a different one because there's great companies out there in michigan there really is there's a lot of them yeah but it, it's funny you know you, in all reality that's what i tell my friends when they're like man i wish i was doing what you were doing and it's like you know what the reality is 99 percent of the jobs that i do suck I clean, <laughs> I trim, I harvest, you know, like it's no different right. than any other job. It sucks. Right. But you, right, you get, right. you're making money and you, you know, you're in the marijuana industry and the culture is a little bit different and you have your friends there and all that. So that's a little bit different, but yeah, for the most part, the jobs are like any other job. You'd rather be at the yeah. beach. Right. So let's be real yeah, about it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the reality of the situation. Um, Danielle, yeah. it's, it's been great. We, we're, we're at almost 45 minutes now here in our conversation. It goes by so quick when I'm talking with you. When I stopped out the other day, we talked for like an hour and it's like, oh shit, I gotta go. You know what I mean? But um, it's been so much fun. I'm so glad we got the opportunity to bring you on the show. Um, I do want to take a moment real quick and uh, give Nate the opportunity to, uh, to have any final thoughts and then we'll come to you, Danielle, and then uh, we'll wrap things up. So Nate. You know, Danielle, I, I speak with you often and I can truly say you're, you're an absolute mentor for this industry. I think you influence people, you give them guidance, people look to you for things. And, and I truly want to say uh, thank you both for supporting a lot of the nonprofit initiatives. 
I, I've come to you with uh, and always, always supporting those as well. And I would say anybody watching, um, Danielle's, Danielle's the real deal on a lot of things. If you want good quality uh, advice that is going to get you to where you are trying to go in life, it may not always be the advice you want or the advice you expect to hear, but it will be right. And I can firmly say that 100%. So thank you uh, for everything you do. And I can't wait for the uh, mixer, the next mixer and see the whole Stone Depot uh, crowd there. Yes, thank you so much, you guys, for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, again, I, I love what I do because of all you guys. So thanks again for including us, you know, so we have some exciting things coming on. Obviously the charity work that we do with Glenn and Sons and Daughters and the Redemption Foundation is really important to us. We have an exciting project coming up uh, with Nate and I'm not gonna talk about it too much because I know that it's, it's uh, kind of in the works, um, but it's, it regards the veterans and the cannabis industry, which is really special because those two things tend not to be able to mix. So um i'll just leave it at that so stay tuned on that but we're really excited about it so um thanks for having me on guys I, i'm just so happy to be here today thank you yeah danielle that's super awesome we're so proud of you guys for all the hard work you're doing in the in the charity world and especially the veterans um you know the more and more that i've been on the show and we've listened to veterans and i've listened to the uh the fob 1620 uh, podcast and and hear more about the struggles they have the more empathetic i become of their cause and wanting to help in any way i can because uh it's a true travesty um the way that they've been treated after they've defended our freedom and put their lives on the line and been so brave when when i, I could say it flat out i'm a coward i didn't want to go i don't want to do any of that shit, right there's no way right i so for me uh, very thankful for that. Daniel, I also, um, you know, you've always been a supporter of me and True Cannabis and the small player. Um, you've, you've supported me when you were back at BOCO. You supported me now that you're at Stone Depot. Um, and I can't be more thankful. Um, Greg and Kyle have also been super, uh, super supportive of me, the small player. And um, I think it's a great partnership uh, that you're working with those guys. Uh, and again, I'm so thankful for you and all that you guys are doing for the industry. So um, I just wanted to again say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. And I look forward to working with you in the future. I look forward to seeing you up, uh, up north uh, here, here soon. And um, with all that being said, um, that's the end of our show for today. I want to thank everybody for, for coming in. Uh, Danielle, real quick, before I forget, if somebody wants to reach out to Danielle, how do they get a hold of you? Email or uh, Facebook? Yeah, e email. Email is good. So dross at stonedepot.shop. That's a great, uh, great way to get a hold of me in regards to any vendors that want to reach out or just chat in any way. Um, that's the best way. So dross at stonedepot.shop. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I highly encourage anybody that, that uh, is trying to figure their way into this industry to shoot Danielle an email and, uh, and see what she can do to maybe help you out or give you some good advice because it's going to be good. So, um, you know, once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, it's been a great show. Episode one, 105 in the book. So um, we will talk to you guys next nice. week. Have a good week. Have a good week, guys. Thanks. The Smoke and Rope podcast is produced and hosted by me. Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.